This project stemmed from a Madhu proverb that I heard when I was studying abroad, um, taught from an elder who said it as, I am the river and the river is me. And that idea that that the river and us are so intertwined, so connected and so being um, feels very true and very prevalent. I think all Indigenous peoples have a connection with water. There's many Wachoni, right? Water is life. Bonjour, Anin. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. Miigwech for joining us. Native Lights is a place for Native folks to tell their stories, share their gifts, and how they found their purpose. It's amazing. I'm always inspired. How about you, Cole? Always, definitely. Actually, today, uh, I checked out the Ojibwe Rosetta Stone project and got a chance to see our dad doing some phenomenal acting. <laughs> hey, really? <laughs> Tell me more. Now, there's some, like, you know, little videos that you can watch while you're doing it. Um, I, uh, of course, encourage everybody to check it out when they can. Yeah, I, I registered for my key, for my Rosetta Stone key, yeah. but I haven't gotten it yet. Yeah, there's, like, these videos in every lesson that, you know, it's the look and listen part of the lessons that show videos, mm-hmm. and they can be, like, you know, graphics, animation, or they can have actual scenes, and it's actually re- shot really well. Uh-huh. And there was one with Dad. You know, he's just—it's like a you know general greeting kind of conversation, and they're mm. you know just talking about uh, Minoman, and it's like I think it's the Anin uh, lesson. So it was cool seeing that. So how are you doing? What's up? I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there. It is an honor to be able to chat with Native folks and other folks for a living and it it doesn't I don't know if it gets any better than this but yeah so there's a lot going on though this summer I mean did you know this call besides your wedding there's a lot going on this summer (laughs) yeah well I think you know there's of course the wedding but uh it seems like everybody's trying to pack in so much stuff in the summer and we already do that in Minnesota with Mm -hmm. the limited summer we have oh yeah yeah yeah, fear of missing out. I have that FOMO. <laughs> FOMO, yeah, the FOMO. <laughs> well, I want to highlight an event that's going to be happening. Northern Spark is taking place this year on June 11th, and it's taking place in person along University Avenue in St. Paul. It's like a, a dusk to dawn art experience around the Twin gotcha. Cities. So I actually, I actually did it. One year, several years ago, with Prairie Fire Lady Choir, we sang um, as part of it. But yeah, this year looks to be pretty awesome. And today, we're actually going to be talking to the lead artist for the closing event at Northern Spark. And it's called Ingu Mekwendamawad Zibi, The Ones Who Remember the River. So Sequoia Hawk is an artist, and we'll hear more about what they do, but this project that they're the lead of is a large-scale installation of two... Okay, this is from the Northern Spark website. The project is a large-scale installation of two cloth rivers that span what is now Raspberry Island, and these cloth rivers are replicas of the Mississippi and of the Minnesota River. So we'll we'll talk with 
them a bit more about that and just a bunch more about about their artwork. But Sequoia Hawk is a native, queer, multidisciplinary artist based in the Twin Cities on the stolen and ancestral Dakota lands. They're in Anishinaabe and Hoopa. Sequoia's focus is on creating theater, film, poetry, and performance art. And what I like is it decolonizes the process of art making. So Buju, uh, can you please introduce yourself and where you're joining us from and maybe a quick, you know, background? Yeah. Buju Anin and Dinaway Maganaga Dug, Sequoia Hakanishnikaz, Gwabab Kinagag and Dunjaba, Ajajak and Dujame, Ashibagizi being in Da. Um, hello, my relatives. Hi, everybody. My name is Sequoia Hawk. Um, I am coming to you from what is uh, the ancestral land of Dakota folks. Um, my family is White Earth Anishinaabe, as well as Hoopa, which is in what is now Northern California area. Um, who am I? Uh, I am a, you know, sort of interdisciplinary artist here. Um I do filmmaking, performance art, production, poetry, sort of all forms and making of storytelling. Sequoia, what's at the top of your mind right now? Mm, I feel like the top of my mind has so many things. Mm -hmm. You know, it has, uh, is it going to rain outside? Um, It has the, when am I going to clean my apartment next? Mm -hmm. It has the what am I going to cook for dinner but it also has sort of the ideas of like I was talking about ways in which that I can find rest for myself and rest for my friends um, times to just get away and watch a movie um, get away on a little vacation when can I go to the beach or the Minnesota beaches Um, sort of that work and relationship to what I feel like is care and being and also, um, yeah, support in, in myself. That's wonderful. How would you describe care? What do you think care is and how we experience and share it with one another? Mm, thank you for asking that. Um, care for me is really important. My sun sign is Taurus, and so rest is so prevalent to me. Um, it's something that I tend to find really easy, but also still find really hard. Um, and uh, I think for me, there's a bit of rested relationship to care. There is also a bit of being able to facilitate spaces in which people can come in who they are, um, bring whatever they need to bring into space. And for me to allow myself to be able to support them in whatever way they need to be supported. And I think uh, for that, it's really because I want that in myself. I want someone to be able to allow me to come into a space and bring whatever I'm bringing and support me in whatever space I need to be supported in, whether that is a hug, whether that is laying in the grass, whether that is um, snuggled in a burrito blanket, like all of those yeah. things to me are things that I sometimes need. And I want to offer that to people in partnerships I'm with and people in friendship and people that I work with. I need a burrito blanket. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you talking about a, the, one of the literal ones that look like a burrito or just like being a burrito in the blanket? Just creating a blanket that then I would be burritoed. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, yeah Cole, I think you're thinking of the tortilla. Yes, that's right, the, the, tortilla. Like yeah, the tortilla. And then you're like the burrito. It's <laughs> in there. So let's talk a bit about Northern Spark then. So you're talking about care and how that plays out in your life. And a big part of your life is creating art. So can you talk a bit about that intersection of art, making, care, and then um, bring us into Northern Spark too? So this project that I'm making for Northern Spark, it's called Ngu McQuain de Manawad ZB. It's the ones who remember the river. Um, and Sitara to any language speakers and elders, um, if I mispronounced. Um, but I felt really important to have um, the uh, Nishinaabe Moen words, as well as the English words, be a part of this project um, to create that intersectionality um, around the idea of what water can be and what water is, as well as who we are as people in proximity to water. Um, this project itself is a 75 yard cloth installation of the layout of the Mississippi and the Minnesota rivers on Raspberry Island. The project is sort of an extensorial experience of visually painting. Um, there will be water stories being painted by Indigenous artists that people are able to participate and paint their own water stories on campuses. There will be Indigenous elders singing songs for the water and with the water. There'll be a group of movers who will be dancing with the Cloth River. Um, all of this is a gesture towards remembrance about the water. This project for me stemmed from a Madhu proverb that I heard when I was studying abroad, um, taught from an elder who uh, said it as, I am the river and the river is me. And that idea that that the river and us are so intertwined, so connected and so being um, feels very true and very prevalent. I think all indigenous peoples have a connection with water. There's mini Wachoni, right? Water is life. Um, there's so much notion around water. And I think a little bit of this project also is how we can change our perception of what water is. You know, here in the, what is the Twin Cities, a lot of the Mississippi is seen as something of like a dirty river, something that's gross. Um, but that's something that we have placed upon that river. That's something we have polluted that river. We have shaped it into what it is right now in a harmful way. We've used it for energy and drained its sort of life. And so for me, this project is a lot of a little bit of caring for the water, a little bit of how can we come into this space and reframe and reshape and repattern um, our idea of what water is and how it's an ancestor actually and something that we should take care of and nurture and that without it, we wouldn't survive. And so there's a bit of reciprocity in knowing that um, without it, there is no us and without us, there's no water. And so the hope is to bring that into the space and being for the Northern Spark. I hear so much movement and when I say that, I mean movement, whether done big or small. And I live right on the Prairie River here. But the movement of the river is one of its main characteristics in my eyes. But that movement, it's not all the same everywhere. There's the, the surface movement, and then there's the spots where there's like, there's a rock, and there's that stillness and that acceleration around the rock. So I feel like having people at these various stages of movement is really lovely and representative of that a river can be moving in many different ways all at once and is still one thing or is still together, even though it's moving differently in all different parts. 
And I think water teaches us different things at different times in our lives, mm-hmm. too. Is there anything that you're currently experiencing with water? Any healing or um, any, uh, or any other experience that you're learning from water? I think there's a lot of um, indigenous futurism with water. I'm really into that aspect of art making and the genre that exists in that. And I think water as something that exists in past, present, future is something that I feel so true and so prevalent about. And I think that it's teaching me a lot of what it means to be a trickster, what it means to be queer, what it means to be something of a storyteller and an ancestor, something that means to travel dimensions and live amongst all the worlds. Um, I think for me, water is very much um, a teacher in many things, but I think that is what it's doing right now. Hmm. I love that. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Sequoia Hawk, a Native multidisciplinary artist based in the Twin Cities. I'm curious about the, you know, the experience from uh, the guest, uh, you know, coming to Raspberry Island uh, to check out uh, the 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 project. Uh, what, what do you expect people to see to experience? Yeah. It's going to be massive. Um, It's a huge project. It's sort of my big first large performance uh, installation project. And so um, the cloth rivers are actually gigantic. Um, There are um, like 14 seven-foot canvases. There's yards and yards of fabric. There'll be songs and sounds and painting available. Um, I think for audience really... um, it'll be immersive experience, right? This year, Northern Spark is having a closing event, which is this. So Northern Spark will run from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. around Frogtown and University. And then 2 a.m. will be my project and nothing else will be going on for the festival. And so people were able to come from the previous Northern Spark into this project. And the offer really is for folks to really reframe what they feel their connection to water is or reconnect that or create a new connection. Um, a lot of it is either participatory or observational. The gesture really is to have people be able to paint if they want to, paint water stories. They're able to sing if they want to. They're able to work in the movers if they want to, or they're welcome to just sit and rest and observe. Um, for me and uh, the movement we're doing with the dancers is very much figuring out what people's connection is to water and thinking about that and then moving around that connection. And for me, I'm interested in stillness. I'm interested in rest. I'm interested in moving with the Cloth River. We're also interested in perhaps taking the actual water from the river and bringing it to this Cloth River and creating that conjoined um, notion with our gestures. And so all of that will be seen and experienced by audience, but it's also welcome to be observed in many notions. Nice. That kind of brings me to a, you know, I'm curious, you know, just the logistics of it all and how is it all going to get to the island? I know you have maybe some pieces in your apartment right now that you're working on, some big pieces. So just curious about that. Yeah. The installation on Raspberry is like very small. It's just for the time that you'll see it at Northern Spark. And so I am renting 
you know, ye old U-Haul to lug everything around. Um, luckily, most of the big stuff is at Indigenous Roots. And so we're able to just kind of drive down the river, drive up the river and bring the stuff. Um, but there are like gallons and gallons of paint and paintbrushes in my apartment. There's yards and yards of fabric right now that I was just sewing texture onto. One of the canvases is actually here and it just barely fit in my car. Um, you know, something I realized probably a little too late in the game, but enough time that, you know, the canvases will be, have art created on them, right? They'll be uh, full of paint at the end of the event. Um, and because the event's only three and a half hours, I'm sure the paint will still be wet by that time. So you can check back in with me on June 12th and see how I <laughs> transported all these wet canvases mm -hmm. back to Indigenous roots. <laughs> um, but I will also say that the project will be living in the gallery space at Indigenous Roots for a little bit after Northern Spark. And so anyone who can't make it to Northern Spark is, is welcome to come join us um, probably end, uh, mid end of June to see, see it as an installation piece there. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Sequoia Hawk, a Native multidisciplinary artist based in the Twin Cities. So you're at the, you know, the helm of this big project right now. Um, you know, what led you to this point? Uh, what led you down the road you're on? Why are you passionate about the things you do? Yeah, thank you for bringing up passions. Uh, one of the participants in this project, one of the movers, Jessica, we were talking about what our passions are. And, you know, things came up that were storytelling, filmmaking, um, art making, moving, but then also passions of sitting on the grass, watching the sunrise, eating ice cream. Um, all those things are passions of mine and I think led me to where I am right now. I always feel like I have been inclined to be a storyteller and an art maker and the ways in which I got here, I think have shaped into me who I am. I very much attribute um, a lot of encouragement to Juliana Hupagis. Um, when I was in college at the University of Minnesota, um, kind of figuring out if I should study American Indian studies or if I should do art. And she was so lovely in the encouragement of, yes, you should, of course, duh. Um, and that like final push really gave me the opportunity to uh, sort of create what I was doing at the time and now create what I'm making. Um, at the time, I felt like I didn't see a lot of representation of Native folks doing theater and film and art making in public space. And I know that's not true, but it's what I felt at that time. And I, even in this, you know, the Twin Cities, there's so much Native art going on. Um, I still felt very alone in it at a very young age. And so being able to look up to folks and learn from folks has been such an amazing opportunity. And I think for me, it's been able to really frame the ways in which I make art. I'm always interested in representation. I'm always interested in telling stories of community, telling stories that feel really precious to my heart, telling stories that I would have wanted to hear at that age, and telling stories that I want to future generations to hear as well. I'm also really hoping to create not just one medium of work. Um, this project alone, right, is like a performance installation um, piece on Raspberry, but I'm also interested in filmmaking and poetry and all those notions of art making. And so I think I'll forever be exploring many ways to do storytelling. 
What's the significance of Raspberry Island and this project? So for this project, Raspberry Island is very much a, historically has been like a meeting place for tribes. And I think that also is true for this project. I have very many collaborators upon this. Um, I would like to say their names if that's okay. I'm working with Emma Matthew Langans to help build the project, um, to help build the river. My friend Elise Swenson is helping sew all of the amazing fabric. Liz Jackala and her, her group, her drum group, Oshikijik singers are um, filling the space with songs. We have the painters, Winnie Bruce and Sylvia Howell to help create the stories visually. Um, a bunch of my friends, Rachel Lieberin, Marty, uh, Margaret Ogas, Marisol Horling, Peace Matamutsa, Gayatri Lakshmi, Julianne Cardinho, Chitra Virvang, Jessica Paca are all um, help creating the movement of the piece. Um, my friend uh, Mary Sally Zhang and Michaela Gale are helping facilitate the space. Um, I also say that my friend Pamela Vasudevan is helping in mentorship um, with the space. And for all of that, those are folks in my life that feel so precious. Some are new friends, some are really deep friends, some are mentors, right? Um, and I've heard it from so many people that creating art is all about collaborating and being collaborative, but this project, I'm like finally feeling it and finally seeing it. And it's a place for all of us to come together and meet. And so I think Raspberry also brings that together. Excellent. Yeah, it sounds like such a wonderful community, inclusive project. Do you have a special memory you'd like to share of creating the project? Mm, yeah. Um, so we've been building the, this expansive river at Indigenous Roots over in East St. Paul. Um, they've been so gracious to let us build for more times than we thought we would need and hold all of these amazing things in their space. And um, one of the build days... Uh, we were really hankering down, right? And just like going to build everything all at once. And we knew we were going to be there for very long and needed a lot of folks. And so Emma and I basically got on the phone and called all our friends and was like, hey, do you want to hang out and get your hands dirty with some sawdust and... <laughs> you know, move some fabric around and staple gun some stuff, you know, experience to like really get a workout. <laughs> yes. Um, and a little bit of a sore back from like leaning around on the ground. Um, but I was so thankful for all of them for their space and time and being, um, and it was so fun. We were just jamming out to Lizzo and working power tools. Something about it felt so queer and so fun. And, you know, some of these folks had never been together in the same space. Um, so that felt really awesome. And um, Indigenous Roots was just about to open their cafe. And so they were experimenting with mocktails. And so they brought us, I believe, cucumber and blueberry mocktails and um, you know, we were all just like exhausted from working and that gift was so beautiful um, mm. to offer us mocktails. And it was just like a, a relief that we all needed in that moment to continue to keep working. And so that felt really special to have that exist in the space and being. <laughs> and I want to make sure to ask about decolonizing art. You know, you talk about that in your bio and it's important to you. Can you describe what decolonizing art means uh, to you? and what it means in general? Yeah, I think decolonizing art making is so precious to me. Um, it's kind of how I got 
started in art making and, and thinking about framing my practices. And I'll say that decolonizing art making is very much like something that I am doing and something that I am, you know, what I do is for me and myself in the spaces that I facilitate and create. Um, but also it's sort of a gesture of like what other folks can do in their own practice and their own being. Decolonizing art making is very much everything all at once, kind of. It encompasses so many aspects of art making. For me, art making is not about just the art itself that you see, but so much of what happens the days, the weeks, the months before. Um, it's also so much about facilitating space and being. I talked a little bit about care. I think decolonizing art making includes care. Um, for this Northern Spark project, I'm having a little behind like a back of house tent that will have a little mattress in it for people to take rests if they need to for my artists and folks. There'll be food. There's always food in um, all the rehearsal spaces and performance spaces that I make. Um, you know, I think it's also a bit about, um, you know, what does it mean to weave in community aspects into art making? I think that there has been so much of, you know, rehearsals need to be this and this and you have to follow this person. And that's not how I want to make art. I want to make art in the spaces that everyone feels that they can work in their busy, flexible, unflexible schedules. I feel like every, I want everyone to feel that they're super important into the piece. Um, it might be my idea, but it's all of us creating this thing together. In the works that I've done, you know, with filmmaking and poetry and all these things, I didn't go to school for any of this stuff. Uh, a degree in American Indian Studies from the University of Minnesota so that I could learn more about histories of things that I didn't know. And I'm actually so thankful that I don't have degrees in this because I don't know what the past, what people were doing. I only know what I'm doing right now and what I can do in the future. And, and I think that that option, that opportunity to learn more and learn what can be and also what I think should just happen um, in relationship to community and collaboration is very much how I feel like decolonizing. I also feel like weaving in community aspects like food, right? Gift giving is very much um, everyone at the end of my project will receive a, a bundle of cedar um, as a thank you for being a part of the project. And so offerings like that, I feel like are really important. And I feel like I'm still discovering what decolonizing work and art making means to me, but that's sort of where I am right now in it. Well, thank you so much for, you know, all your perspective and stories today. Um, before, you know, we wrap up the interview, we always like to ask if you had any, you know, final thoughts uh, that you like to share with us or, you know, just where people can find more information about you and the Northern Spark and all that. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Gritch again for having me all. Um, I'm very excited about all of these things. Um, if you're interested in more of my stuff, right, there is um, information on the Northern Spark website. There's information on my website, my social medias. There's many um, exciting things happening right now in the future of beings, many films that I'm working on, um, many films that just sort of got released as well, things are coming in the future. So I'm very excited. Um, to continue collaboration with the folks that I'm working with and also the folks that I don't even know I will be working with. Awesome. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Staying open yeah. to the future? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Heck yes. Well, it was really lovely speaking with you, Sequoia. Thank you so much. Chimigwech. Really inspiring, yeah. and I can't wait to see more of your work. Mm, yeah, Chimigwechua. Thank you for having me. Lovely to talk.
Sequoia Hawk. Oh, that was great. Wow. I mean, I want to go make some art now. <laughs> <laughs> Sequoia Hawk is a native multidisciplinary artist based in the Twin Cities. You can find them at sequoiahawk.com. I'm Leah Lem. I'm Cole Primo. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabamin. Gigawabamin. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.